If we truly believe the word, we're going to ACT the word. We're going to act on the word. We're going to act on the word. This morning, I'd like you to open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. We've been studying the book of James. The book of Hebrews is just before the book of James. Everyone say Hebrews. Chapter 11, verse 1. Christine, you rock. You are just awesome. I just love the way you put together these slide presentations. You can be on my team any day. Take you any day. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Because if we're going to act on the word, friends, we've got to start building up our faith, right? We've got to build some faith in our lives. And if we're going to act on the word, we've got to have faith. So last week, we asked the question, the question of the ages. And that question is, what is faith? People want to know what faith is. Are you in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1? If you're there, say aye. Here we go. Now faith is, everyone say faith is. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm going to read it again because faith comes by hearing. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Last week we broke that down and we said that we could say this. Faith is the substance without the evidence. Faith is the substance without the evidence. Now let me ask you guys. You're not in college yet. You're probably not studying criminal justice. Criminal justice. But many of you, how many of you watch CSI? And yeah, a lot of you criminal fans here. What is evidence? What's evidence? You've heard enough. You've seen enough of the court TV shows. What's evidence? Proof, right? Everyone agree that evidence is proof? Well, the writer of Hebrews says, faith is, faith is the substance without the proof. In a court of law, there are two types of proof or two types of evidence. One being substantial or direct evidence. That's clearly seen. A knife from a murder. You guys know all this stuff. You see the shows. But then there's something called indirect evidence or circumstantial evidence. And that's evidence that you have to gather the clues from. Well, if it's substantial, then people say, yeah, that's absolute. People always want the proof, right? We want to believe, we want to see it, and then we believe it, right? We want to, we got to see it first, and then we can believe it. Well, that's fine in the court of law. But when it comes to God's word, sometimes the only thing you'll see is the promise of God's word, but you have to believe it based on the circumstance. The circumstance is your relationship with Jesus Christ, because he said you could have it. If he said you can have it, you can have it. So we changed this last week. Because my Bible, I have a margin in my Bible, and in that margin it says you can take that word substance and you can pull that word substance out. You can replace that word substance with the word realization. Everyone say realization. Watch this now. It says you can take the word evidence out and you can replace that word evidence with the word confidence. Everyone say confidence. So if that's the case, we can rework that scripture to say faith is the realization that I have it even without the confidence of seeing it. Oh yeah, did you hear that? Faith is the realization that it's mine, even without the confidence of seeing it. Faith is the realization that it's mine, even without the confidence of seeing it. Now let me ask you something. If something is mine, how hard do I have to work to get it? If I own something... How hard do I have to work to prove it's mine? Not very hard, right? Because it's mine. I just accept that it's mine. I'm hoping this morning that even if the lights were out in your room and it was pitch black if you got up really early 
I'm hoping this morning that if you went to look for a pair of underwear, you trusted that the underwear inside the drawer was yours, right? You didn't need proof that it was yours, right? Your name written on it, you didn't need that. You could go there blind, right? And you could pull out the underwear because you know the drawer and, and you know that you're trusting that that underwear is yours, right? You're hoping right now, is this underwear really mine? Am I wearing the right thing? If you share a room with somebody, you know, you're hoping that it's yours. But no one needs to prove to you that that's her underwear. We're not going anywhere else. We're just going to say that. You don't need proof that that's her underwear. You could walk over to that, to that drawer blind, eyes closed, pitch black, and you could fumble through and you know, oh, I got it right here. Because you, you just accept that it's yours. You see, we need to do the same thing with God's word. We need to just accept that it's ours. Faith is the realization that it's mine, even when I don't have the confidence of seeing it. We could spend an entire year on this scripture right here because this is so powerful. Every single one of us exercises faith in our life. And yet when it comes to God, it's so hard to have faith in Him. So hard to have faith that we could be saved. So hard that we could, to have faith that we could be healed. So hard to have faith that we can have an abundant provision. But can I tell you that right now, every single one of you, right now, every single one of you is exercising a tremendous amount of faith. Every one of you in this room exercising more faith than you can even realize right now. You're exercising an abundant amount. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What's? I'm sorry. What's going on? I'm sorry. I'm and you're in a lot of trouble, buddy. You should have called me before you started serving. I'm absolutely flabbergasted. I, absolutely. I'm not really sure what's going on. Where are you from again? The CIA. The CIA? The CIA. Okay. Um, well, we're having service right now, okay? I can see that. And uh, I, I, what, what are you here for? What are you doing? I'm making sure these chairs are uh, functioning properly. They're going to be holding people up. Well, okay. Can't you see that they're all sitting down? Can't you? No, they're all sitting down. Are, are any of you worried about the stability of your chair? No, I, we're all set. We're gonna have. We're gonna finish the rest of our service. But if you want, there's a stool right there. You can sit down on the stool. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> like ever. That's Kevin, Mr. Kevin. We, we, can, I'm sorry. You can, just, just. You know what? If you're giving this little service and giving a message, I hope your message is uh, sit in your chair if you dare. Can you just? Can you just? The Chair Inspection Association. Okay. The Chair Inspection Association. Well, that was awkward. That was weird. Did any of you come in this morning and worry about the stability of your chair? Other than Donovan, because you usually seem to be the exception. Did anyone come in this morning and worry and worry about the stability of your chair? 
No. After you talked to your friends, you just went right down and you just, you just sat your behind right on that chair. And what? You expected that it would hold your weight, right? Even if over the summer you put on a little bit of weight, huh? Maybe you've been working out, guys. You came in here. No, I'm not talking to the ladies. I would never do that, ladies. That is just absolutely <laughs> terrible. But no, I, don't, that's crazy. No, but guys, maybe you've been working out. You put on a little bit of weight. You don't come in here and, you know, even if you look all buff, you're not like checking the chair and make sure it's got to hold you. You just trust, don't you? You didn't even think about whether or not that chair would hold you, did you? Not one of you, not one of you walked in this morning and said, I wonder if this chair is going to hold my weight other than you. You see, watch this. That is faith. That is exactly what the writer of Hebrews is telling us. That's faith. It takes faith to sit in that chair right now. You want to know why? Because the gravitational pull is working in this earth. The earth is spinning so fast that it causes gravity. And you're not collapsing on the floor because your chair is holding you up. And the truth is, we have more faith in that chair right now than we have in the one who gave wisdom to create that chair. That chair is what's called an inanimate object, which means it has no life in and of itself. It is simply there for one purpose, to hold your behind and hold your body so that you don't fall on the floor, so that you can sit right and pay attention. But yet we have more faith that that chair will hold us than what God's word says is true. It takes the same amount of faith. Jesus said if you had the faith of a mustard seed. How many of you have seen a mustard seed? Do you know how small a mustard seed is? Do you know what he's trying to teach us? If we had the faith of a mustard seed, the same faith it takes to sit in your chair is the same faith it takes to trust God that what he says is true for you. That's the truth. This is so important. Don't miss this. Because faith is the realization that it's mine even without the confidence of seeing it. You did not come in here and test your chair, jump up and down on it, and make, you know, uh, uh, you know we didn't do that when we set it out. You had confidence, didn't you? You didn't even think. You've, you've become used to sitting in chairs. You just walked right in and knew, I'll sit right here, and you trust it. We need to have such a relationship with God that we get so used to just trusting Him for everything in our lives, whether it's healing that we need in our bodies, whether it's uh, uh, financial provision that may be our family needs. Maybe it's just the salvation of a family member or a friend. We need to begin to trust God with all that we are and with all that we have. I want to show you something here. You're in the book of Hebrews, right? I want you to turn to the second gospel recorded in the New Testament. It is the gospel according to Mark. Go to Mark, please just after the book of Matthew. The Chair Inspection Association. Where does he get this stuff? That is so crazy. The Gospel according to Mark. Everyone says faith is. Say it like you believe it. Faith is. The realization that it's mine even when I don't have the confidence to see it. Faith is the realization that it's mine, even when I don't have the confidence to see it. This will change your life. It is by faith that everything in our relationship with God is established. I want you to see this here. Go to Mark chapter 11. We're going to read verse 12. Mark eleven twelve. 12, it says, Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he, who is Jesus, was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he could find something on it. 
When he came to it, he found nothing but the leaves, for it was not the season for figs. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, it just ain't the season for figs. Verse 14. In response, Jesus said to it. Jesus said to it. In response, Jesus said. In response, Jesus said. In response, Jesus said, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Now jump down to verse 20. Now, in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from its roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. There's that word right there. What is faith? Pause quickly. What is faith? From our definition, what is faith? What is faith? The realization that it's even without the of seeing it, right? Every time you see that word, now faith is the realization that it's mine, even without the confidence of seeing it. Jesus says, have faith in God, verse 23. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that the things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, what things you ask when you pray, believe that you have received them, and you will have them. Let's read verse 24 again. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Did you catch that? Did Jesus just really say whatever? Did he really say whatever you ask when you pray? He really did. He really said whatever you ask when you pray, believe that you have received it and you shall have it. Whatever you ask when you pray, believe that it's yours and you will have it. Remember, in a court of law, in order to convict somebody or in order to prove something, you need the evidence. But when, in our relationship with God, sometimes the only evidence and the only confidence and the only proof that we have is the fact that God said it. Here's why. Because God is not a man that he should lie, nor is he the son of man that he should be called to repent it. Repentance. Has he not said it, will he not also do it? Did you hear that? Has he not said it, will he not also do it? You see, that is how you were saved. Every single one of you in this room. I, I would bet my life on it. Well, I wouldn't go that far. But I would bet very strongly that not one of you in this room when you got saved had the experience that Jesus had. The day you gave your life to the Lord, let me ask you this. Did the heavens open up? Did the sky roll back? And did a voice call down and say, You are now my child. I love you. And did his spirit come and descend upon you just like it did with Jesus? Did anyone in this room have that experience where the skies opened up and God spoke to you from heaven and said that you were saved? I'm willing to bet not one of us had that experience. And yet, you would call yourself saved. You would call yourself a Christian. How is it that you can do that? By grace through faith. You see, when you gave your life to the Lord, when you got saved, you had a realization in your heart. You had a realization in your heart that God has made salvation available to you. You didn't need the heavens to open up. And sometimes we really do need, we, we really do ask God for a sign. But God wants to get us to the place where we have faith, where we have the realization in our heart that if he said it, it's true. Why? Because the Bible says everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You had faith. You had faith. When you gave your life to a God you couldn't see, you had faith faith. You had a realization in your heart because something happened on the inside of you. Something touched your heart. That was God's Holy Spirit. 
You see, it's by faith that we receive anything from God. It's by faith that we receive the healing that we need. It's by faith that we receive the abundant provision that we need because it's been by grace through faith that we have received salvation, right? You have received salvation by a realization in your heart that you have a relationship with God even though you cannot touch God right now, even though you cannot see God in all of His glory, even though you weren't there 2,000 plus years ago when Jesus was nailed, nailed to the cross. You took God at His word, did you not? If you call yourself saved in this room, it's because you have faith and you took God at His word. There was a realization in your heart. Now you need to catch this now because it's one thing just to be saved. It's another thing to continue to walk in salvation and have an ongoing relationship with God. It is by faith that we receive the promises of God that He has for us. Now Jesus said, whatever you desire when you pray, simply believe that you have received it and you shall have it. Does He really mean whatever? Does He really mean whatever? When I was younger, I used to ask God, how do I know if I'm, if I'm asking something according to your will? I used to pray like this. God, if it's your will, let it be done. God, if it's your will, let it be done. Those are what I like to call Hail Mary prayers. Because you just throw them up. You don't have confidence. And I'm not saying you. I didn't have confidence. I didn't have faith in anything. I just said, God, if you want to do it, you can do it. But God didn't say, if I want to do it, I'll do it for you, did he? He said, no. If you ask anything, if you ask anything, whatever you ask will be done. Do you realize the power that is in that? Now I want to share something with you. Miss Jennifer and I went to go look at an apartment this week. And, and, and you know, uh, we're kind of going back and forth. And uh, no, I mean, we saw the apartment we knew we wanted. And she asked me, how are we going to know when we get there if this is the right place for us? I said, you will know in your spirit. Your spirit, because it's a regenerated spirit, because you're born again, it's connected to God. And God knows all things, so he's going to reveal it to your spirit. He may not reveal it to you naturally, but he's going to reveal it to your spirit. We were there. Everything in the natural was perfect. We loved everything. We walked outside, and I just saw the, the answer to my prayer. I told God a couple specific things that I wanted, and we just saw those as soon as we walked outside. And right here, just like I've been teaching you, right here, I got this sense. Kurt, if you want it, you can have it. Kurt, if you want it, you can have it. Because I knew my spirit would reveal to me if I can have it. My spirit will reveal to me if I can have it. So I said, okay, it's mine. Okay, it's mine. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, do you see that? I didn't, I, and I'm, not I'm not taken away from this. I have a full reverence for God. But I didn't have to go home and, oh, Father, man, I really want that apartment. Man, God, it's perfect. I just want that apartment. Jesus didn't say we had to do that. Jesus said, whatever you ask will be done. He said, whatever you say will be done. You see, my spirit told me that I could have that apartment. And so we called it ours. That's exactly what happened with the car. Remember I shared that story with you last week? The spirit told me that we could have that car. So I laid my hands on the hood of the car and I said, you are mine and you are paid for. And I told you the story last week. Not one dollar of my money went towards that car. No, because if God said it, we can have it. I shared with you that my body has been healed because if God said it, we can have it. I don't need to cry out to God and say, God, please heal me. Please heal me. Please, please heal me. I don't need to pace the floor 150 times. I don't need to bow my knees 250 times. No, I'm not taking away from that. We need to have a reverence for God. But Jesus said, Jesus said, whatever you ask when you pray, believe that you have received it. You see, as a child of God, if you're really born again, you have a certain authority here in this earth. 
You have an authority to say to this mountain, Jesus said, be moved and be cast into that sea. You have an authority to exercise right here on this planet, in your body and around your surroundings. You have that authority. A lot of Christians right now walking around, not fulfilling their full purpose. And I don't have it all together. I, we're never going to have it all together. But God is revealing these things to me. And i got to share them with you because my life has been transformed by faith. Faith is the realization that it's mine even when I don't have the confidence of seeing it. I'm telling you, because in a couple of years you're going to know, wonder, what, what college do I go to, God? You, you, you could apply to three different colleges. What college do I go to, God? You get accepted to all of them. You have to know how to listen to the voice of your spirit. What, what car do I buy, God? What's the car going to be right for my, for, my, for my spouse and my family? What, Lord, what house should we live in? Father, what job should I take? You see, it starts even right now in school. Lord, what kind of friends should I be hanging out with? Is this person a good friend to be around? And you've got to have that sense in your spirit. And if you're born again, you've got to develop that spiritual voice because your, your spirit is connected to God's spirit. Jesus says, whatever you ask when you pray. So how do we begin to know God's will? This is where I want to leave off today. You're in the book of Mark, right? Go two books to the right. Go to the book of John. John chapter 15. I got to share something with you here. Are you following me? Do you understand what I'm saying? And the class was silent. Are you following me? Can you hear me? Do you understand? I don't expect that we're going to understand it right away because I'm still growing. I'm still learning. We're going to constantly be growing. John chapter 15, verse 7. When you're there, say, I got it. Let's satisfy this question once and for all, okay? How do you know what the will of God is? How do you really know what the will of God is? Can you really ask whatever you want? Well, the truth is, I want to share some things. Get to John 15, 7, and then look up at me. John chapter 15, verse 7. You must ask according to God's will, or you must speak according to God's will. God will never give you something that is a violation to His word, to His command, or to His will. So we have to learn to pray and speak the will and the word of God. Let me give you for instance. God is not going to give you somebody else's boyfriend. God is not going to give you somebody else's girlfriend. God is not going to give you somebody else's car. He's not going to give you somebody else's house. You want to know why? Because that's called coveting, and that's a sin. He's not going to violate his word, which says do not covet. He's not going to do it. But there are certain things that you have authority over that you can ask for or that you can speak to. Jesus said if you speak to this mountain and tell it to go throw itself in the sea, it'll have to go. If we have faith, have faith in God. If there's a realization in your heart that it's true for you. So we need to begin to learn the will of God, right? I want, to, I want you to see this now. This is how I learned this. This is how I satisfied this. John chapter 15, verse 7. Follow me now. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. If you abide in me, everyone say abide in me. Jesus is talking. He's saying you need to abide in me. And my words abide in you. What does that word abide mean? What does it mean? Can you, do you understand that? It means to dwell in. To dwell in. If you dwell in, and if his word dwells in you. Watch this now. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, then you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Say amen. Here, check this out. How do you know how you can pray or speak the will of God? 
If you're abiding in Jesus and his word is abiding in you, which means you spend time with God, you have a connection with him, your spirit is growing to know your voice, to know the, spirit of your, the voice of your spirit, and to know the voice of God's spirit, which means your spirit is growing as you read the word. Because Jesus said, not only do you have to abide in me, you've got to abide in my word, and my words must abide in you. If you abide in Jesus and his word is abiding in you, you will not ask anything contrary to his word. If you are abiding in him, watch this now. This is going to change your life if you grab this. If you're abiding in Jesus and his word is abiding in you, you're not going to ask anything that's contrary to his will for your life. So you can say to this apartment, you are mine. You can say to that sickness and diseases in your body, you have to go because you've satisfied in your heart as you study out the word. It's, God's, it's not God's will for you to be sick. Can you understand me? You need to know this in these last days. If you still wonder whether or not God wants you to be made well, go read the book of Isaiah. Read Isaiah 53 specifically. Read 1 Peter 2.24. He himself bore your sin in his own body on the tree, that having died to sin, we might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we have been healed. What did I tell you? Sickness and disease is a result of the curse. The curse is a result of sin. Jesus paid for your sin. Can you be healed? Can you be healed? The, the power for, you life to, for your life, the power, all the power, all the power that you could ever need in this life. Do you know where it is right now? It's in you, by golly. It is in you right now. Right now. If you're saved, the power that you need for healing is in your body. All the power you could ever need is in you. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost... If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you have the fullness of the Spirit in you. Do you understand the power that we have? Do you know who had all authority? Adam had all authority. He gave it to the devil. Jesus came to the planet. He took that authority back. And you know what he did? He said, all authority under heaven and on earth has been given to me. And now you go. Oh, man. He gave you the power. He gave us the power to go. He gave us the power. Listen. We are the generation right now that God is training up, and we have to know the truth. We have to know the truth. All the power that we could ever need is in us right now if we really are born again. How do I know if I could have what God wants me to have? If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be given to you. You need to be confident. Last night, Miss Jennifer and I were talking, and we haven't heard back from the apartment yet. But I knew that I could have that apartment. We have not heard back from that apartment yet. Miss Jennifer and I are talking, and she's like, you know, next week we're going to start talking about dealing with the doubt. Because even when you stand on the word, the doubts still come into your mind. The thoughts still come in, right? You ever been standing on something and those, those thoughts still come in? I want you to know, we're going to talk more about that next week, dealing with the doubt. But this week, you've got to grab hold of what we're talking about. Okay? We're talking last night. And we just sharing a few things, and you know, I'm like, yeah, Jen, I know these thoughts are coming in, but we can't accept them. We just got to stand on the word. She's like, but I want God's perfect will for my life. I want God's perfect will. And I'm telling you, we used to pray for God's perfect will. And that's a good thing to pray for. But as you develop, watch guys, as you develop your relationship with God and your spirit develops, you will know God's perfect will for your life every single time. And you can speak his perfect will for your life every single time. God doesn't need to move things around for you. You know why? He gave you the power to move things around for yourself. Jesus said, if you speak to this mountain and tell it to go, it has to go. With the faith of a mustard seed, the same faith it takes to sit on that chair right now, 
That's all. Take him at his word. You want to know if God wants to really heal you? Read Isaiah 53. Read 1 Peter 2.24. Do you want to know if God really wants to save people if pe or if he wants to shoot down lightning bolts on them so that they can suffer? Read John 3.16. Read 1 Peter 2.24. Read the Gospels. Do you want to know if it's God's will for you to live in an abundant provision? Read the epistles. My God shall supply all your need. Now, abundant provision doesn't mean that everybody's going to be a millionaire. Do you understand that? Abundant provision means a full supply. It means you don't have to walk around lacking any good thing. Abundant provision. We need to know what the promises are for us as children of God. All right? We're going to keep talking about this next week. Because just like you, I deal with those same thoughts of doubt. They come in. They come into all of us. So how do we deal with that doubt? Forget about that right now. Stand on the word that you have heard today. If, you're, if you've heard the word of the Lord, don't harden your heart. Don't throw it out just because you don't really believe that it's true. It's true. It's not my word. It's God's word. I preached only the word to you today. Only the word. It's his word. Has he not said it, will he not also do it? His word is forever established in heaven. His word forever established. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. It's the answer to our questions and the answer to the world's issues. Lord, today, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. Thank you right now, Father, right now. Lord, I thank you for working in every heart here. Thank you. Lord, I know that there have been times of doubt. I know that there have been times where hearts have been broken. And somebody told us that you did something and you really didn't. Somebody told us that you took that person because you needed another angel or you needed another flower in your rose garden. And God, that's not true. That's not true. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that...